Hallelujah. And tonight, I want to speak from a passage of scripture, which I believe the Lord has laid on my heart. Select one verse from First Timothy chapter three and verse fifteen. Paul writes it's first Timothy three and verse fifteen, after which we'll skip over to Hebrews chapter twelve and verse beginning at verse fourteen. First Timothy 3 and verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth the church of the living God Paul says it's the pillar and ground of the truth that thou mayest know how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The writer to Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 14, it's a call to every believer. He says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Those who are not holy will not see the Lord. I want us to, as we reflect on these two passages of Scripture, Paul says, I want you to understand how one should behave in the house of God, which is, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. The writer to the Hebrews says to every believer, work at living in peace with every one that's a challenge that's given to every believer 
work at living in peace with everyone. Peace with the brother, with your sister, with the brethren that's in the house of the living God. The church, peace with those who opposes us. Peace with those who we work with. Peace with our neighbors. Peace with those who we'll see from day to day. The writer says the believer ought to work. In other words, follow peace. It's not going to always, uh, you're not going to always see peace around you. But one should seek out as to how he will allow a peaceful relationship with each and every one. And work at living a holy life. Follow peace with all men. That's how the King James Version renders it. And holiness. Somebody say holiness. Without which... No man shall see the Lord. It's a stern warning to the church. It's a stern warning to everyone that is called to this great fellowship. Run after peace. Pursue holiness. Because without it, you won't see God. Hello, somebody. He said, looking diligently. You see, folks, we don't, under, we don't understand. Peace must be, uh, we must seek out peace. In the church, we read of certain epistles. John writes of them, Paul writes, Right, right, right. His experience. Men in the church that oppose him. Troublemakers in the church. But he lived peaceful. His attitude was to seek peace. To pursue it. Whatever it takes. I'm going to have a, have a relationship of peace as long as it's possible. And holiness, which is the very character of God. Paul says, uh, uh, we ought to uh, follow it. Peace and holiness, pursue it, chase after it, press. Whatever it takes, we've got to look out, search out, to ensure uh, that we are following after peace and holiness. 
looking diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Let the, let the spirit of the Lord, the brotherly love, uh, uh, care for each other as Christ cares for us. That's the attitude of the church. And he's warning us now of a great danger. He says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Something that we did not deserve, but God gave his only begotten son, sent him into this world that you and I can be saved. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. He says, uh, watch out. This is a warning now. That no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. It's a warning to the church. He's beginning to list out now some of the issues that defiles the believer. Some of the issues now that will prevent us from receiving the grace of God. He said, watch out. Lest there be any root of bitterness that grows up to trouble you. Bitterness. That's number one. Four things that stands in the way of the believer. It's a warning to us. Bitterness. Says it's in the root of bitterness springing up to trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, corrupting many of us. The believer has got to follow after peace and holiness and look diligently. And in uh, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby many be defiled. Root of bitterness. Lest there be any fornicator. Number two. That speaks of sexual immorality. It's a broad subject. That brings defilement. In the life of the believer. Or. Profane. Person. Godless. Like Esau. Who for one morsel of meat. Sold his birthright. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters. Here we have. 
before us. Three obstacles that stands in the way of a believer. It speaks of the dangers. These are three dangers. The danger of the root of bitterness. That brings defilement to the life of a believer. Corrupts us. It's in the church. Some folks. See. No wonder the writer begins by encouraging us to follow after peace. Because if we don't seek out peace, it makes room for the root of bitterness. A simple disagreement, a simple offense. Before, not before long, one is living in malice cannot stand the presence of another. The root of bitterness. A seed is deposited. And everything looks good. But it takes one situation. To allow us to know. That the root is formed. Lest there be any fornicator, sexual immorality should not be a part of the church. We have folks now, uh, they want to they tell the Lord what the church should be like. Folks get so educated, they know much more about the word of God than what the word of God says. Many scribes in the church won't take heed to what the Spirit says to the church and what the Word of God says. But we can't change the Word of God. Men living in their sin instead of repenting as the Word says, they find another way to pacify themselves in their sin answering to the lust of the flesh that brings us in danger to the judgment of God. And he said, or profane person as Esau. What was godless about Esau that we need to understand as a church body or a group of believers? When we look at the book uh, of Genesis chapter uh, 25, Let's go there for a little bit. The Bible tells us, Genesis 25, we're going to 29. The Bible tells us that Isaac and Rebekah, they had, Rebekah became pregnant with twins. And the Lord spoke and told them that two nations are in your womb. He said the elder will serve the younger. That's a word from the Lord. 
We understand what the Lord is saying now. That there's a blessing that lies with the younger one. In Genesis chapter 25 and 29, the Bible said that Jacob saw pottage. And Esau came from the field and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Here we note in this passage of scripture. Two desires from two men. Esau wanted the world. Jacob had a spiritual hunger. He was not mature enough to believe by faith that it was his. Because God had already said it. That the elder shall serve the younger. Esau comes from the field. Fainting. Saw Jacob. Preparing. A stew. Said I pray thee. With that same red pottage. Feed me. I am faint. If you do a careful study to this passage of scripture. Nothing that is in the word of God. Is there by chance. The scripture. Was very clear to let us know. What Jacob was doing. He was preparing. It could have said meal. The scripture told us exactly. What kind of meal. He was preparing a stew from the red lintels. And it was Jacob who was preparing the meal at that time. A careful study of the culture at that time would allow us to know if we study Hebrew culture will recognize that this meal that was being prepared, and not only the meal, but being prepared by Jacob was considered a meal of mourning. Mourning because they believe at this time, it was a part of the culture, that at this time, Jacob, not Jacob, Abraham, had died. And we find Jacob preparing the meal because it was not a, a, the immediate families were not supposed to be preparing meal as part of the custom for mourning. So we did not find Rebecca preparing the meal. We did not find Isaac or anyone else, but we find someone 
was a grandson of Abraham. Who according to customs, we studied this a little bit more, we understand. According to customs, he was not considered an immediate family. He's a family member, but not immediate. The question is, in the time of mourning, Esau had gone gaming, looking for a kill to take home. Came back fainting. And all he recognized. What good is this birthright? What good is it to me? And Jacob said. Sell me a birthright. I'll give you a, a, a good portion of this meal to eat. Watch the spirit of Esau. Esau said. Behold. I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? Brothers and sisters, what we understand from this passage of scripture, the birthright was not only material inheritance, but the, uh, the son who should have received the birthright became the priest for the family. So one of his uh, prime responsibilities would have been a spiritual one. And he considered it worthless in comparison for a bowl of soup. And the great exchange was made. The writer to the Hebrew said, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright, didn't care anything about the spiritual responsibility. We have that in the church today. Some folks, you see, there's a spirit that move in the assembly of the Lord. Some folks, they don't see uh, the, 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 the great responsibility of a believer who has come to God. There's a great divine privilege that has been placed upon us. Purpose, a life that is to be lived out as an example of Christ. Sell it out for a portion of meat. What is the scripture saying? Becoming godless, becoming corrupt in the house of the Lord. For one morsel of meat, not understanding the responsibility, the awesome responsibility that's placed upon us. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For he know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Hallelujah. An exchange that was made 
that could not be recovered. Hallelujah. For he are not come unto the mount that might be touched. He's talking to us. We're not come to the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempters. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. That's not the position of the church. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One has got to protect their, their, their minds, to protect their spirit from any form of defilement, from the root of bitterness, from sexual immorality, from profanity. Hallelujah. The book of Acts 8 and verse 23, uh, Romans 3 and verse 4. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sins, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. It's a danger in bitterness, danger in 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 um, in in immorality jesus said in matthew 5 and verse 28 i say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart first corinthians 6 and verse 18 said flee fornication Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that commits fornication uh, sinneth against his own body. You got a war against any kind of godless behavior. Romans 7, verse 23. But I see another law in my members. It's Paul talking. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Second Corinthians 6, 17 to 18. He said, wherefore come out from among them and be he separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you. And he shall be my sons and daughters. Said the Lord Almighty. God serious about holiness in the church. God serious about the church living right. God serious about his bride. Being found without spot or wrinkle. 
separated. Holiness unto the Lord. Holiness without which no man shall see God. Hear what he says now. He said, we, we have not come to the mountain that might be touched. The mountain that burned with fire, not unto blackness and darkness and tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. That's not what we came to when we came to Christ. That's an external experience. But the mountain could be touched. They saw what was happening. My God Almighty on the mountain. When the Lord descended upon the mountain. And the fire and the smoke. And the voice that spoke from the mountain. They experienced it. They saw it. Which voice the Bible tells us that when they heard it. They asked Moses. My God Almighty. Better you listen and come and tell us what he says. And we'll obey we can't, we can't stand in this awesome presence lest we die. That's what the writer to the Hebrew is saying. That's the first approach. It says, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with the dark must be killed a terribly experience holiness of God touched down on that mountain and men saw the glory of God hallelujah 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 darkness the clouds that sat upon that mountain when the presence of the Lord touched down the place was consumed with fire Hallelujah. And men's heart begin to tremble with fear when he spoke out from the clouds. My God Almighty. They said, we'll obey him. As a matter of fact, my God Almighty, they were warned. Make sure you don't allow the animals to face the mountain grazing. Because if they see when the presence of the Lord touched down, they're going to die. What an awesome presence. It's an awesome presence. Bible said, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. The man who was called up the mountain 40 days and 40 nights with the Lord. Hallelujah. When he saw what was happening, by God Almighty, he said, I fear exceedingly. I tremble at his presence. We have an attitude in the church now, my God Almighty, where the holiness of God is not respected. Men do as they please and believe they can stand in the presence of God against his awesome presence and don't know that we stand in judgment. Hallelujah. We stand, hallelujah, in the awesome presence of God. Much more serious than what Moses saw. Much more serious than what the children of Israel experienced. That was external. Hear what he says now. But you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Hallelujah, hallelujah. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men 
made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The new covenant is meted out with God's grace. Hallelujah. This is not something that can be touched physically. Hallelujah. Man has got to receive the grace of God. Hallelujah. The grace, my God Almighty, that will translate him from this from the powers of darkness into the great kingdom of light. The grace that will transform his mind, that teach him, my God, to deny ungodliness and worldly loss. Hallelujah. Walking after the light. Hallelujah. The, 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 that which comes, my God, to transform his mind, to renew him and to bring him into the, in the realms of the presence of Jehovah, the presence of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That's what we have come to. Here, we've got to understand, brothers and sisters, that this experience supersedes the experience that the Israelites and Moses and the children of Israel experience. Because uh, we, those who experience God touching down on the mountain, it was an external one. And that will pass away. But this one will never pass. It's the final one that will move into eternity. Hear what he says. It's a warning. It's one of the final warnings to the church. See that he refuse not him that speaketh. Jesus is speaking. And the church's attitude is to make sure that we do not refuse the one that's speaking to us. For if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth when he touched down on the mountain and he spoke and those who disobeyed did not escape. See that he refused not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Follow peace. Pursue holiness. Without which no man can see God. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he had promised saying. Yet once more. I shake not the earth only. But also the heaven. There's no escape. Brothers and sisters. There's no escape. If they could not. After seeing such a. A marvelous experience. Moses said he shook. With fear. They could not escape. The one who 
spoke on earth. Now there's a voice that's speaking from heaven. There shall be no escape if we turn away from him. Hello. It calls for diligence. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he had promised saying yet once more. I shake not the earth only but also heaven. This word yet once more signified the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. The first experience, external, all that will be dissolved. This earth will pass away. The elements, hallelujah, the stars and all those things you see in the heavens will pass away. But there's something that will remain. This is the heavenly experience. Oh God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He stands as judge over all. Jesus Christ is the mediator. But I want to tell you something. He's the judge. Hallelujah. Judge of the sinners and judge of the church. Romans chapter 2 and verse 16. He said, in that day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid. Which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man built upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a ward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he had done. Whether it be good or bad. bad there's no escape. Revelation 20 and verse 12. John said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Judgment is coming. The time of reckoning is coming. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. 
Let us have grace. Receive the grace of God. Whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Reverence and godly fear. The fear of the Lord must be present in a a believer's life. If you have the grace of God, you got to respond with fear. Reverence and godly fear. If you receive the grace of God, one has to respond with godly fear. This is not the fear that causes one to run away. But this is the fear that draws one to submission before the great God of glory. The fear that will, will inspire man to serve. The fear that wants a man, uh, that, that, that will cause a man to want to fulfill the will and purpose of God for his life. That's why Paul says, what will you have me to do? Responding with the fear of God. What will you have me to do? And why? Because God is consuming fire. No escape for close-minded individuals. One has got to make up in his mind that he's going to respond according to what is required of him. No escape. Let's let's look. The writer writes something here. He says, For our God is a consuming fire. The day of the Lord is coming. The Bible says that it will come as a thief in the night. That's what Peter, Second Peter 3 and verse 10. In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are daring shall be burned up. We don't reflect our mind. We don't reflect on these things. Trapped in a cycle. The love of the world. Taken away. Our dutiful response to Christ. Our devotion. He says, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought he to be in all holy conversation and godliness. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Hallelujah. How many folks are looking for the God's return? How many folks are looking, my God Almighty, that one of these days he's going to return? Hallelujah. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we 
according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. There's, there's a coming judgment. There's a coming judgment. And one has got to respond with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Let's look. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Moses is encouragement to Israel to obey the eternal God. Moses begins to remind them of the God. Eternal one whom Israel serves. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 24. Verse 23, reading from verse 23. Moses says, take heed unto yourselves. Lest he forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God had forbidden thee. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, and he shall have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, and make a graven image or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that he shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto he go over Jordan to possess it. He shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and he shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. We, we, we read these statements by Moses. We have to recognize the awesome presence of the Lord 
and how jealous he is. And if God did not accept less back then, he's not going to accept it now. We see, we've been reading the book of Leviticus. We read about all these animals, these blood that was shed for worship. I want us to understand there's a much more precious blood that's shed for the church of Jesus Christ to be purchased. The revelation of Jesus supersedes any other thing in scriptures. Jesus himself said, all these scriptures, what you read in Moses, what you read in the Psalms, what you read in the prophets, they're pointing to me are speaking about me. The real thing is here. Brothers and sisters, what we don't understand, there is a spirit of backsliding in the apostolic church. And we believe that just a simple formula is going to sweep you through the gates. A formula that did not produce a lifestyle. We boast about baptism in Jesus' name. We boast about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But what we need to understand is that God demands a holy lifestyle. Come on, somebody. Follow peace. Pursue it. And holiness without which no man and when God says no man, he means no man. For God is not a respecter of persons. You check the history of Israel coming up when they turned to Baal and worship other gods. Just like Moses told them what would happen, my God Almighty. When God looked down after sending his warning, sending his prophets to speak to them about their idolatrous lifestyle. Hallelujah. Not before long, my God, they were taken away into captivity, scattered across the face of the earth, brought into judgment, just like Moses said it. And if he did it back then, what will he do? He's not going to accept anything less. God is serious. He's no respecter of persons. The man who fears him, the man who reverences God, hallelujah, hallelujah, he's going to receive from him. Come on, saints of the living God, lift your hands and bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There, there, there is a, a spirit of backsliding. The spirit of Esau has taken over the church, selling out your godly heritage, my God Almighty, for the things of this world. You have some folks who will sell out the apostolic church, sell out the truth, my God Almighty, hallelujah, for the pleasures of this world. What's in a gaming? 
My God Almighty. What's in uh, recreational activities? My God Almighty. In comparison to this great truth that we have received. What's in, my God Almighty, this world that can be compared with this great truth that we have received? We have folks telling us it doesn't, it doesn't take all that to be saved. I want to tell you, it takes all that. And there's much more that we need to know that we have not yet received. We have not yet known because we have not spent time to discover what God demands of us. If he asks Abraham, go sacrifice your firstborn, your, your son whom you love, Isaac. Put him on the altar for me, my God Almighty. That's the demand he placed on Abraham, my God Almighty. Much more us whom he have purchased with his own blood, my God Almighty. Stretch out upon Calvary, my God Almighty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They pierced him, my God. Nail him to an old rugged cross, my God. Blood flowing from his side, my God Almighty. Crying out in agony, my God. I expect us to give him a half-hearted effort. Holiness without which no man shall see God. Holiness. That's what he demands of us. Church is an institution the pillar and ground of truth. Truth becoming the lifestyle of men. You ask, you ask Ananias and Sapphira. They decided they didn't want to take part in this truth experience. Went another way and died like fools. You ask Esau about his experience sought repentance with tears. Could not find it. Very end, Isaac spoke. Isaac said, you will serve the younger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there's a blessing uh, to have the name of the Lord on our lives. Not only a blessing, but it has placed us in, into a position, brothers and sisters, which the demand is, is, is at a greater level than anything before. Someone say when Jesus came, it makes things much easier. I want to let you know to receive the greatest revelation means that our, our response to it, our entire life must be given to him. Nothing less. Won't accept anything less. God don't need our money. God don't need any gifts from us. What he wants is you. Lift your hands and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The church is holy. The church is clean. You have some folks speak badly about the church. And I want to let you know it's the pillar and ground of truth. 
Hallelujah. Purchased with his blood. Hallelujah. It's his bride. Hallelujah. And he's coming back for his bride without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. I'm privileged to be a part of the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unmute your microphones. We're going to pray right now. Some folks selling out. Selling out. And on the last lap, when, when he's about to put in his appearance, folks selling out. Hallelujah. Some folks attracted to the pottage of soup, of stew. You don't see the beauty of the church. But the greed that's in your spirit cause you to value the things of this world much more than the church. Hallelujah. Purchased with his blood. Hallelujah. This salvation experience, my God Almighty, this salvation that we have received, hallelujah, it cost him blood. Hallelujah. Some folks have lost their vision, lost everything, my God Almighty, as it relates to their relationship with Christ. Hallelujah. And what they see now is the things of this world. Satan have them on a mission, showing them, hallelujah, uh, the glory of this world. Taking you to a high mountain, to a high place. Showing you the kingdoms of this world. And men falling in love with the world. There's no escape. But if they did not escape back then. And it was an external experience. How much more now? 